Episode 8.5 of She's a Super Geek, the live play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. I'm Senda, and on today's extra special Gen Con bonus episode, I'm joined by Cheyenne of Glitter Cat Fine Amusements to play their newest game, Fool's Journey, which they released for Gen Con this year. Although we were lucky enough to have a quiet space, this is a convention recording, so please forgive our audio artifacts. Hi everyone, welcome to She's a Super Geek. This is Senda recording a Gen Con special with uh, Cheyenne Walgrimes. Hi! And today we are going to be playing a quick game of The Fool's Journey, um, which is a really neat game that you play with tarot cards. So I'm going to let Cheyenne do a little bit of explanation, because I have never played it before either. Um, And then we'll kind of get into it and give it a quick playthrough. So yeah, Fool's Journey is a really nice little kind of storytelling parlor game. It should probably play in between about 10 to 20 minutes. The way that it starts out is that you take the major arcana cards from a tarot deck, ones that are named, you know, the fool, the devil, those sorts of cards, and you use those cards to form the journey track, which ends up being how you figure out how to tell the story. Um, You always start the game by having the fool at the beginning and the death at the end. You then place cards in between, and then you, through a bidding system, you get to manipulate the cards to try to put it in some semblance of what you could make a story out of. And then, based off the bidding system, whoever has the most points ends up getting to tell their story first. It is a two to four player game. It's a pretty quick game. I literally came up with it two months ago in the shower. (laughs) So it was just one of those things I'm like, why isn't there a game that uses those cards to tell the story? So I just kind of got out and started futzing around with it and asked my partner in crime, uh, Stentor Danielson, who I'm half of uh, Glitter Cat's Fine Amusements with, and said, hey, let's figure out mechanics to this. And about a week later, the game was ready to go. And we decided to be able to sell it at Gen Con. So here we are. And and I can see that it is, in fact, printed yes. and everything. It's yes. very cool, you guys. So, yeah, that's the main gist of it. And it's a pretty simple game. Um, so, like I said, you start with the full at one end and death at the other. And the first thing that you do, no matter how many players in the game, you go back and forth placing other cards from the major arcana in between. So you're going to end up having a track of nine cards to tell the story off of. So you end up placing seven cards. So if you would like to go first. Sure, do it. So I will pull a card from the stack and then just decide where it goes? Yes. So it's it's a little, it's not the best, the first card. Because as <laughs> long, you fun. have to put it in between the full and death. Somewhere in there. But so, I can guesstimate the approximate Exactly. Area, right? If you want it to be near the front, put it near the full. If you want it to be near the end, put it near death. And that's pretty okay. much how that goes. So I've just drawn justice. Hmm... That's a good one to have. I think that this one is probably going to go actually near death there at the end. I pulled the Empress. And I'm going to put her right beside Justice because maybe it's the Empress that lays down the law. That makes sense to me. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, what? Um, I got the Emperor. (laughs) Oh my. Uh oh. Ooh. Conflict of interest. Uh. Wow, I think I'm going to be weird and put him actually at the beginning by okay. the fool. No, that's... I don't think that's bad placement. Then I got Judgment. 
Let's see. I'm going to put him right after the emperor. That's what we'll do. Right. This is going to be an interesting story. We've got judgment and justice on the board in different places. Good. And um, I just also drew the devil. Oh, yay. <laughs> he needed to show up, clearly. He needed to. <laughs> um, let's put him right up here with judgment. Oh, that's probably a good idea. Then I got the magician. And I'm going to put him with the Empress. I think that makes sense. And we get one more card. One more card? Okay. Uh, last card, which is going in the middle, apparently, is Temperance. Oh, my. This is a very judgy <laughs> story that we're looking at. It is very judgy. So, after you place the initial nine cards, what you do is you make a pool of um, one card per player plus one. So, in this case, for the two of us, it will be three cards. So I have the moon, the sun, I swear I shuffled these, and the lovers. <laughs> so what we now get to do is both of us get a chance to replace one of the cards that's already in the track with one of the three that came out. Since you since you put the last card down, I will take the first card here. Okay. And I think I'm actually going to get rid of Temperance. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think let's add some ridiculousness and add the lovers because yep. why not because really the lovers need to be in there and so anytime you place a card out of a out of the pool you automatically replace it with a new card okay and so now it is your turn we i just pulled the hang hanged man to add it to the pool yep so i now have a pool of the moon the sun and the hanged man hmm i think what i'm gonna do is pull out oh but i like the magician Oh, this is a hard choice, you guys. I know. It, it gets to the point where you're like, oh, man, I want to make sure and utilize that in the story. Right. Having these kind of archetypes definitely <laughs> helps. And that's the thing. One of the big things that we've tried to get across is if you literally just want to use the words that are on the cards to tell the story, awesome. If you want to pull things from the images, that's great as well. Whatever gets you to the point of being able to tell a story, it's awesome. Whatever works. I think I am going to... Oh, I'm going to take out Judgment. Okay. And I'm going to put in the Moon. Fantastic. So to the pool, I've added the Tower. And at this point, this is where the game gets a little bit more interesting. Um, it is a two to four player game because what you do is you separate the four decks of the minor Arcana cards. Cups, Wands, Daggers, and Pentacles. And you use those cards to do a bidding system on the cards that are in the journey track. So the way that this works is you have basically four face cards. You have the page, the knight, the queen, and the king. That represents 11, 12, 13, and 14. You're not going to have that marked on the cards. That's something we have explicitly in the rules to try to get people to realize. But 1 through 10, of course, has most decks have the numbers on the top. So the way that this works is if there's a card that I specifically want to control, I'll decide, hey, I'll put a bid down on it. You put something that you feel is appropriate, and then if the next person decides they would like control or just want to make sure you don't do anything to it, they can bid on it. You're allowed to add as many cards to your bid as you would like, and um, once everybody passes, that's when the bidding is over. Every time you join in on a bid, you take a D6, 
And whenever you do the resolution for the bid, whoever wins takes a D6. And so once we are done, um, whoever uses 14 cards and has no more cards left, that's the end of the bidding system. And then whatever dice you have, everybody rolls their dice pool, and whoever has the most is the first to tell their story. So that's the way this phase of the game works. Right, and we have a giant pile of D6s here, yes. guys. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I will let you go first mm. and see if there's anything. Oh, one of the big rules is that the only way to move the fool and death is to use one of the four face cards. You can um, you can always bid first with the face card and then add one of the lower cards to add more points to it, but you have to have at least one face card down to be able to try to manipulate it. So you don't have to keep the fool and death at the ends. Um, actually, the example we have in the book, the first, um, the first card in the one that we have is the devil, actually, so. Okay, cool. So I am uh, bidding on the devil right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, so take a die since oh, yep. you went ahead get, and did I that. <laughs> and I'm going to counter bid and take a die. So I can continue to bid on that card? Absolutely. Oh. If you're really invested in that card, go ahead and just keep throwing huh. stuff at it. Well, I'm, you know, we're just kind of messing around with how it works. So, yeah, yeah I am going to do that. You know what? I'll, I'll do this. We're both really invested in the devil. <laughs> Apparently. And so um, now it's your turn. I mean, I'm going to actually bid then on the lovers. Actually, what we'll do is oh. we'll finish up. We finished. Yeah. So if you one. don't want to bid any more on that one, you just say that you're done. Okay. And I gotcha. I can do the same, and then we'll resolve it. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. No problem. Uh, I think I'm done with that one. Okay. I'm also done. So we'll <laughs> flip the cards over. So we just revealed the cards, and I, re I played the five and the ace, so that would be a six. Okay. I revealed my cards, and I played a ten and a six. Right? So you have 16. So have 16. You won the devil. Aha. Uh -huh. So go ahead and take your cards and put them in a discard pile, and you now may do whatever you wish with the devil. That's not a bad statement. <laughs> I was like, well then. Well then. Uh, yeah. I think, I think he is going to go... Now I'm trying to remember what I was going to do with him that I was so in love with. <laughs> I think I'm putting him between the lovers and the magician. Okay. So now it is my turn, and I am going to bid on death. A little bit on death. Okay. Sure. Did you get a die oh, No, I did not. Thank <laughs> you for reminding me of my own rules. And I'll put one more card on death. I'm... That's oh, oh. A, oh. It fell. <laughs> Oops. We are playing on a bed in a hotel room at Gen Con right now, so that's a thing. Okay, so we'll flip our cards over. I did play the king, so that way I'm able to move him, and you played an ace, and then I have um, the eight on top of that, so that's a lot of points. Many. Many, many Many points. more than I'm, me. I'm... I was just being sneaky and doing that to get a die. Is Absolutely. That, that is a completely valid assuming. strategy for this game. You have to play a face card to move the fool or death. And so if somebody bids, you don't know whether they're actually using a face card. It could just be that they're throwing a card away. Yeah. So there is a little bit of strategy to this game. I, I am actually going to move death in front of the devil. So we'll, we'll see what that actually ends up bringing up in the course of the story. 
Okay, then. I'm intrigued. She's making it tricky, guys. Uh, <laughs> I like when you get to mess with, because having the fool and death as archetypes, right. because they are kind of the biggest statements of the 22-card the journey that happens. Yeah. Um, I like getting to mess with that, <laughs> personally. Good. I'm going to bid on the Emperor. Very good. I will also bid on the Emperor. Yeah, I'm going to bid on him again. And I will as well. You know what? I'm just, for the sake of argument, I'm going to keep going. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm bidding on him again. I'm actually going to stop. Okay. Okay. Oh, good. We'll flip things <laughs> over. So, I played the two and the seven. Yep. So, that's a nine. Yep. I have... Wait. Do I have two sevens? <laughs> no, that's eight. Oh, seven. That's eight. Oh, I can't read because <laughs> I haven't slept. Well, it is... And the night. Roman numerals. <laughs> this is a standard Rider weight deck that we're playing with, so there are Roman numerals on it. I have several decks that actually have numbers, numbers. at the top. Which, so. um, for Gen Con sleep deprivation, is yeah, great. it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, right. So I played the six or the I played <laughs> the C. I can't read. I played the seven, <laughs> the eight, and the Knight of Wands. So I win that one. Yes, you do. So move the emperor and I where am you would like. Going to move the emperor so that it is directly in front of death. Oh my. Oh, goodness. Okay. I'm going to bid on the moon. I like the moon. I'll bid on it. I don't mm. mind having that. <laughs> I like the moon as well. Mm-hmm. I am also going to bid on that. I will add a second bid. As will I. Fine, then. I'll add a third. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Fine, I will as well. <laughs> so that's one of the good things. You do have 14 cards to do the bidding, but if you get into things like this, you're not going to have 14 bids that you end up doing. It'll be quicker right. than that. You end up- I will go ahead and call at this point. Okay, then there's... Okay, no very good. I'm going to keep probably adding... So I have the page, which is 11, and then I have a 10, which is 21, and then a 3, so that's 24 points. I also have the page. What? Which is Eleven. What? And nine. Okay. And uh, so that's twenty plus five is twenty-five. 25. You beat me by one. One point. point. And that was it. <laughs> that's a good battle for the moon. I like it. That was a battle for the moon, and that was a battle <laughs> for the moon for me because I really want it to stay where it is. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't move then. Yes. Fantastic. I was fighting to keep it right where it was. That's amazing. Good. So I start the, this bidding, yes, right? Yes, you do. <laughs> so it's cool to do things like that, where it's like, no, I really wanted to be no, there. I really wanted to be there. That's yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna bid on the Empress. Okay. Sure. I'll bid on the Empress too. Oh, here. Have a die. Thank you. <laughs> you have way more dice than I do. Uh, yeah. I'm not really sure how that happened. Am I doing it right? <laughs> yeah. You're okay, you're winning bids. That's okay. why. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to continue to bid. Sure. I'll just stop there, I think. I'll stop there too, sure. Okay, flip over the bids. I have four and six, so I have ten. I have the Queen of Wands and the King of Wands. My goodness! So that's (laughs) thirteen and fourteen, so we're at a whopping twenty-seven. Fantastic. (laughs) So place it wherever you would like. I do have a question, actually, as we're playing this. Yeah. Can you bid on a card that has already moved? Absolutely. Mm, So you can bid to move it again after it's gone somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. So doing something like what I just did is a little bit scary because uh, you know that I don't have a king and a queen left. <laughs> exactly. So that's one of the things is if, if you're one of those players that likes to count cards and keep track of things, that's absolutely a function of it because... Yeah, interesting. 
that may have been an interesting move on my part. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it is my turn. And you know what? I am going to bid on the fool. Go big or go home, as it were. I will also bid because dice. Yes. And I will play another. I'm good. Okay. I put down the queen and the knight. Yeah. I put down the two. There we go. See? Strategy. There is a tiny bit of strategy to this game. It's lovely. So, the fool... Actually, I'm really intrigued to put him all the way at the end of the track. Interesting. what happens. Interesting. I've not done that out of the many times I've played my <laughs> own game. I've never done that. Okay. It is your turn. And I only have one card left, so this will be the last one. Interesting. Yeah. Sometimes card management can be a way right, of too. keeping things the way you want it. I am going to go for the devil, I think. Okay. I will counter bid for you. That was about the last one. Okay. And <laughs> let's flip over. I only have a nine. Uh, yep. Well, I think you still beat me actually, because I have a four and it's three. I did, in fact, still beat you. <laughs> I want him to stay exactly where he is. All right. Okay. So that is the bidding phase. And at that this point, we both have a pool of dice. She has far more dice than I do because she won many more bids than I did. Yeah, I think, um, let's see, I've got nine dice. And I have seven. Okay. So maybe not way more. Not way more. Uh, the way that the track has ended up so far, in order, we have the Empress, the Moon, the Lovers, the Emperor, Death, the Devil, the Magician, Justice, and the Fool. So this is definitely the first time I've played where the Fool ended up at, at the, the end. end of the journey. <laughs> so um, one of the big things, however you want to interpret the cards, is meant to be that way. If you want to just use the titles on the on the cards, that's fine. If you want to go buy things that are on the pictures and pull things from there, that's awesome. In the book that we're selling here at Gen Con, I had um, Hannah Schaefer do one of the stories where she interpreted it like a noir story. And it's been really interesting to see what kind of stories people come up with. So that's my favorite part of the game. <laughs> So, at this point, we will now roll our dice pools and see who wins. I got 22. I have 18. Oh, goodness. 20. Oh, yeah, you totally yeah. beat me. Lots. Lots. <laughs> you have way more than I I'm going to stop adding because lack of sleep makes Fantastic. math bad. Um, so, there you go. You, so, the, there isn't really a winner to this game, per se, but having the most points gains you access to be the first storyteller. Which is actually terrible, because I've never played this game before. <laughs> so you should really tell the first story. Okay, um, <laughs> give me a moment, and I'll see what I can come up so with. So, I'm, I'm seeding the uh -huh. uh, dice roll. You're seeding the <laughs> dice roll. I think that's, I think that's fine. Is that fair? That's valid. That's fine. Okay. No problem with that. Okay. I, th I think I at least have the beginning of the story. So... The empress of our land loved nothing more than the moon, to the point that she took it as a lover. Don't ask me the logistics. <laughs> I don't know. That's okay. It's magic. It's but magic it's magic. This is tarot. This happened under the emperor's nose until one of his faithful servants informed him of her discretions, and he sentenced her to death, which is unfortunate, but... 
it happens. So she, being an adulteress with the moon, went to hell where she met the devil. And she ended up tempting the devil and trying to use her womanly ways to to get some favor with him so that way she wouldn't be um, tortured as bad. And ended up falling in love also with the magician. And of course the devil found out because apparently she's very bad at lying. <laughs> to which um, they ended up having a trial. Yes, there are trials in hell. Oh my goodness. And she ended up not necessarily being labeled guilty, but she ended up being labeled a fool. Nice. So. I think the beginning parts of our stories were very similar in what I was thinking of. And that's okay. okay. (laughs) That's totally fine. Okay. Once upon a time, uh, there was an empress who loved being outside under the moonlight. And one night when she was out under the moonlight, she met a very handsome young man and she fell in love with him because the arranged marriage that she was in with the emperor was not a particularly emotional one. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So she fell in love with um, this young man under the moonlight and it was their moment. Um, And the emperor found out and he actually sentenced the young man to death and uh, he did end up in hell. We have the devil on the board, guys. Yeah, so there's not much you can do. He's like, all right, here, there he is. <laughs> now, um, where he uh, he managed to basically study with some of the other people who were in hell between moments of torture, apparently. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> clearly torture, clearly torture. And then um, he he basically learned to become a magician. Um, he studied until he could resurrect himself. And once he had resurrected himself, he went back to the emperor for justice. Absolutely. Uh, because it was an injustice that the beautiful empress was forced to marry the horrible emperor who did not love her from the beginning. Yes. At which point, having basically resolved that, he, by perhaps magically doing something to him... <laughs> He, uh, he gained justice for his previous death sentence and then uh, left the empress in charge of the country and went on his way in the world to dispense magic and love among the people. Aww. With flowers in his hand. And a little and a dog. small dog. <laughs> a little dog following him. <laughs> See? That's my story. There you go. <laughs> and that's lovely. And that's what I like is that even though, you know, we both kind of just stuck with the titles... And had a little bit of similarities, but you're able to come up with different things. I've, in fact, actually played a game where um, my partner Stentor got to do the story first, and I loved it so much, I vetoed telling a story. Right. It was like, no. I was like, no, was too good. nothing's going to be better no. than that. <laughs> so I'm not even touching it. So. Not even happening. That's yeah. awesome. That's a very cool game, and it's quick, it's got some neat pieces to it and it's nice to tell stories without necessarily feeling the pressure of GMing all the time. Correct. And using different tarot decks will get you entirely different things. Um, Stentor owns a zombie tarot deck. Yeah. We got very different stories out of that. Yeah. Because you were definitely influenced by the pictures. We were definitely influenced by the pictures on this particular deck as we were telling the story. Especially me with the fool at the end who is a young gentleman with a flower in his hand and a small dog walking merrily on his way. About to walk right off a cliff. Yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) we're leaving that part out of it. That's okay. (laughs) 
But yeah, no, it's very it's cool. Been really cool to see this and see how people play it and what interpretations people come up with. We included a couple of stories in the back of the book, so that way you could see a couple different interpretations of one specific deck. So we're planning on doing a full scale Kickstarter with this um, probably sometime next year, mainly to be able to get um, artists to do new tarot decks. Oh, that's cool too. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've got some artists in mind that I'm beginning to talk to and see if they'd right. be willing as, to as do the it. Goals to have yeah. basically different tarot decks that you could get with it. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for showing me how to play this. It was very cool. Awesome. <laughs> it was my pleasure. hope you enjoyed this special bonus episode of She's a Super Geek. If you liked what you heard, please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or on Stitcher. You can also find us on Twitter at SASGeekPodcast, or check out our website, sasgeek.com, for more ways to connect. We'd love to hear from you. Fool's Journey is now available on DriveThruRPG. Check our show notes for a direct link. You can keep up with all of the Glitter Cat's new projects, including Laser Kittens, the RPG, by following them on Twitter, at PlayGlitterCats. Our theme song is Rock and Roll Play Baby by Kieran Strange. Find more fantastic music, merchandise, and tour dates on her website, KieranStrange.com, or follow her on Twitter, at KieranStrange, for news and updates. See you next week for the continuation of our One Last Job adventure. She's a rock-